everyone. This is Matt from NeoZaz.com here in Orlando, Florida, and this is a special episode featuring an inside look at Mardi Gras at Universal Orlando Resort. And in this special episode, I am with entertainment show director for Universal Studios Orlando, Blake Braswell. Blake, welcome back to the show. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Sure. My pleasure. So we are talking about Mardi Gras at Universal Studios Orlando. It's going on right now. I've said more than once, it's one of my favorite events each year. And I want to start off with something that I haven't gotten to talk to, at least not too much about in the past. And it comes down to talking about the street entertainment. What I'm always fascinated about with many of the events at Universal, particularly with Mardi Gras, is the atmosphere in the streets. It's almost like you flip a switch. It's like you're, you're still in the park, but you're not in the park. And that's what I want to start talking about in regards to Mardi Gras with you. What goes into creating this full park turnaround and creating this atmosphere? Uh, well, I'm glad you want to start there because to be perfectly honest, uh, from a personal uh, point of view, it's one of my favorite parts of the whole event because uh, this is an opportunity where guests get a lot of one-on-one interactions with the people that are, are performers in the parade that they're going to be seeing you know, in, in just a few hours. So, um, what happens for if anyone hasn't, uh, you know, attended uh, around our French Quarter area, which we have set up uh, in New York, we've got uh, our, our performers that are going to be in the parade. They come out early and they are hanging out. We've got some uh, like street uh, uh, musicians that are playing, and they're from New Orleans. So these big dance parties happen. The performers are out there giving out doubloons and stuff, which they don't do during the parade. They give out uh, you know beads and stuff during the parade, uh, and they have a just a blast playing with. And, and getting to kind of know all the guests that are coming in and it just creates this party atmosphere from the get-go uh, so you've got them hanging out you've got you know the the background music's playing Mardi Gras music or we've got some live bands that are there on the street uh, that they're having dance parties with so the whole mood gets kicked off uh, you know and then plus you're, you're, you're hanging around the French Quarter which of course where all the all that good Cajun foods being cooked so it, it, the smells also kind of immerse you into the whole experience right so a couple of things you said there I took particular note of starting with the, the one-on-one experience that is something that is fairly unique to this particular experience. It's always so comfortable. I'm not the most outgoing person. I mean, I like, I love going to the events, but I usually will experience I'm kind of from the outside here with Mardi Gras. I have no problem interacting, maybe dancing. That's, that's another discussion for another time. But interacting with the different performers and whatnot, is that a testament to the talent you have lined up for this? Or does it take a lot of practice to get to that point? How does it get so comfortable and so easy to interact with these performers? So, I mean, for for us, that starts with the casting process, you know, which you know you're looking for for that talent that can come in and, and have a great time but you're also looking for those, those personalities um and and those people that are that are outgoing uh that you you just there's something that you just gravitate to them um it's uh the casting process is always an interesting one there are some things you can kind of lay out scientifically you say you're looking for and then there's this gut instinct of just kind of getting the vibe from someone and saying you know like i think if people see them out having a good time and they say come join me people are going to join them uh so it starts there and then you know during the rehearsal process uh you really hit home that like that that's what this is about you know that this is about having a party uh what you know what's a little different from some of the other event stuff i work on uh, the, the parade performers um you you're not playing a character 
per se, right? If you're one of my favorite new costumes is like our crawdaddy costume uh, for for our swamp float. You know, you're not a crawdaddy. You are a parade performer you know, that's wearing an outfit, you know, that that is in style of like a crawdad because that's what would happen at Mardi Gras, right? Everybody's a parade performer. So it's, it's really you. It's you out there having a great time with people uh, as well as your fellow cast. So, uh, you know, you get those folks that have those outgoing personalities. You get them all in a room together. Probably the hardest thing is to get them to be quiet for a second so you can actually give direction. But it's usually a good sign because that means that, that uh, you, you've got an outgoing group of people that all the guests will gravitate to and join. And that's what's awesome. So my favorite, favorite moment that I see happen every time I watch a parade is during like one of the uh, dance parties, whatever that's happening, interactions out in the streets prior to the parade, there's always like one little kid that really gets into it and they're into it and you could tell the cast loves them and they're out there dancing or whatever. And then you flash forward to like a couple hours you're watching the parade and you realize, oh, that kid is, you know, kind of in front of me watching the, not too far away, watching the parade. And then when the performers see that kid as they're going to the parade and they make that eye contact and they, they go over to him in the middle of the parade, give him high five, say hello, good to see you again, whatever. The expression on the kid's face, as well as, of course, the whole family is, is fantastic. Those little moments are like particularly my favorite parts of Mardi Gras. Yeah, I, I see that every time I go check out the event, that has to be an awesome feeling to see and not only to see, but to see when you're the one that's behind the event that's making this happen. I imagine you can't leave in a bad mood. I love this. event, <laughs> Right. There you go. So another, the second thing you said the word rehearsal earlier, and I didn't even think of this. Obviously you have to rehearse. That's not the real surprise. The thing I thought of it's the energy level. Are you able to duplicate that? Is it a completely different how do you, that's what I want to ask. How do you prepare for the energy level that Mardi Gras brings to people that check out the event? So it's, it, there is a, uh, something that is tough that you have to overcome. The first night we actually do our rehearsal. Everyone's going to be, you know, the music will be playing and you're going to be doing the parade. You go, okay, for those of you who are new to doing this event, you're about to feel really strange as you walk down a late at night, you know, one in the morning, whatever time we're doing this uh, rehearsal, uh, empty streets of universal as as you're pretending that the streets are full of people watching the parade that you're you know uh interacting with throwing beats to what have you um that's that's a little hard for folks the first time to do it kind of to kind of get over that hump but the great thing is we always have a great selection of uh, of veterans that always return um who have a ton of great experience they know exactly what to do i tell them to kind of look to these folks and you'll see the kind of energy that is required so what's cool is if you see like really good energy during those rehearsals, man, it relaxes me because I know if that's how they are with the empty streets, as soon as the streets are lined with all the guests, it, they're going to you know blow the top off the joint. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I completely get that. Okay. I'll, I'll be leading into the parade because I've got a lot of questions about that. But before we do get to that, I went back. I, I listened to uh, – I, I didn't want to completely – repeat all the questions that we had gone over last time, but something you has said last time we talked about Mardi Gras, which was almost a year ago to the time we're talking now, obviously something you said, I had to write down in the 2018 season. You had specifically mentioned that you were already knee deep into planning the 2019 event. Now that a year has passed and I'm sure a lot has changed between now and then that's not what I'm going to ask. What I'm more curious about when you first started working on 2019, over a year ago, is there anything 
that came up in those initial days of planning that made it all the way to anything that we can see this year? Um, yeah, actually. So one of the things when we were, like I said, we were, you know, knee deep in, in looking at 2019 and developing that, you know, every year we do a theme. Uh, last year we had celestials, uh, celestial bodies, like the, the um, uh, constellations, that kind of thing were a theme. And this year our theme is party animals. But one thing we I wanted to kind of push into was that that are we have six floats in every year that change over to the theme, and, and then those have new costumes and stuff uh, each time that get themed to that. But we wanted the themed floats to also reincorporate the entire Mardi Gras experience. So, like for example, this year we've got like an Arctic float, and when you see that thing go by, it's awesome. It's so cool. It's all these penguins. You got a whale uh, cresting through the water. You've got like a polar bear and stuff. But they're all wearing either like Mardi Gras jester hats or, or Mardi Gras masks, beads, whatever, so that it looks like you know you've got these animals having a big Mardi Gras party. And then that translates to the characters that are on the ground, all of their costumes, while themed to you know here we kind of got our penguins, or you know we've got these these Arctic still they still tie back into Mardi Gras itself. So you still see, you know, elements of it. You know, we got, we got a, a, one of my favorite little things. We've got a, a, a insect float and these bees buzzing around have antennas uh, that are characters running around the, that float. But their antennas, one is green and one is purple. So it looks like they're uh, the jester hat. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Now I have to- yeah, that's the layer we kind of wanted to put on this time was like pulling Mardi Gras throughout the entire thing. That's awesome. That is, I, I, I got to take, Wow. Now knowing that that level of detail is there, I got to give a real sharp eye to everything that my next go through. And I think one of the things that, and why, and it, this this is going to sound like a, a weird compliment, that I miss detail like that is that because when that parade comes and those those floats come out on the street, and we'll go right into the parade now because the party animals thing is what I want to talk about. I saw the phrase party animals on the website already, and I knew that was a theme I was going to experience. I did not expect what I saw, and that is all for the better. I mean, where do you go from the phrase party animal, which conjures up different things to different people, and decide on a frog, a bee, a tiger, a whale? Where is the, or what is the inspiration for the animals that you picked? Because they are awesome. Well, so, you know, we partner with Kern Studios who, you know, they've been doing floats for Mardi Gras uh, down in New Orleans since like the 30s. Um, so it's it's a little combination of a partnership in that, you know, we'll go down there and visit. We'll we'll look through their warehouses, through their just years of stuff they've done as we're kind of developing, you know, the concepts for what our, our theme is going to be. And we knew like we went to this animal thing. So, you know, we went looking for animals and then you realize like, oh, you know, you know, you know, here's a here's a, you know, here's a frog. Like, oh, my gosh, check out this crawfish. And all of a sudden you're like, we're going to do. Oh, we'll do a swamp float. Boom. And you start pulling these pieces together. And then, you know, we start designing the overall floats to kind of fit into that theme. Uh, and that frog is huge, by the way. So many of these props that are on the floats this year. I wish you could have seen them when they were backstage and off the floats as we were constructing and you realize how gigantic some of them are. Uh, the polar bear and whale are huge, too. That's yeah, the uh, those. I don't I don't know what the technical term for the piece is, but the animals that are on the front of those floats, they are so cool. And the frog, the frog, the, the first one you see, and uh, he was awesome. And I thought that was my favorite. And one of the many fun things about this parade is that every time i think i have a favorite something else comes around the corner 
my favorite change the, every time. It, it, I thought it was a frog, then a tiger. It, the, the turtle, if the turtle didn't have that huge set of beads around his neck, he might not be my favorite. But I think when all said and done, I think I, uh, I, I'm i going to pick the turtle for my favorite. And he's got bubbles, which makes me really happy. Yes, just that too. Yes, that's true. Well, actually, you know what? I will say something that's really cool, because obviously, you know, like, you know, we're helping developing this theme and stuff. We've got our partners, you know, that are our lighting designers, our effects designers. And this theme, man, they really did a good job of bringing it to, to life. Things like the bubbles and stuff as some of our effects or whatever to, to make it, it feel uh, like it's under the sea or like the swamp float. They the way they did the fog throughout the float. So it looks like the mist on an early morning in the swamp. They, they, they really knocked it out of the park. Yeah, what's that? I think it's the tiger. I might be wrong in this, but is it the tiger that has the fire jets on it? Oh, yeah, man. You got to have flame. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. But for some reason, and I know it's not a new element. It really stood out to me more on this one than in the past years. And that's, that was really cool. They're all really cool. And that's one of the things that I like and I think I always like about the parade and, and even more so this year is that I don't really have to pick a favorite float because I'm managing to find my favorite element for each float, which makes me look forward to seeing them each visit. Well, that makes me happy because that's the goal. Oh, cool. <laughs> so on the parade, there's something I noticed this year, and I, I don't think this is a new addition. It's just something I noticed. And I've never asked this. And the reason I noticed it was because the parade starts with the riverboat float and the riverboat float was the very first float that I had the opportunity to ride on. So it always stands out to me. Seeing that it was first this year made me think about how the order of the parade goes, which made me think of the question, how much goes into the planning out of the order of how the parade is going to go? Like what order is everything going to be presented? Uh, okay, so that's a good question. So once we, I kind of you know know what everything is going to look like, I will uh, I usually make some kind of you know whether a, a program like on uh, Word or something, and where I can block them out and then kind of look at an order and then look at either the photos or the scenic designs for the for you know photos for the older floats scenic design for the new floats so that i know uh kind of what it's going to feel like and look like and actually it does it ends up going through a bunch of iterations to like kind of on this year uh did something a little different than what we've done before which is we start a parade with our traditional floats which we have done traditionally then we do all of our newly themed party animal floats and then bookend it with our traditional floats before we've kind of weaved in and out um but i felt this year the theme was so strong and still tied back into Mardi Gras so well that we could highlight all of that stuff in one section across the middle. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, I could totally see what presenting uh, the, the new floats all together, but when you get these groupings and you have that, is it painstaking to decide which float follows the other with this? Like, like, Oh, I don't want the turtle to follow the frog, but I want the tiger here. So uh, for for this year in particular, it was a lot about looking at the w w the floats 
predominant color you know like you've got uh, oh like we've got yes, our, our, okay. our bird float right and it's that's got a lot of blues so does the arctic so i didn't want those next to each other when to give a little space that kind of a thing um swamp and the jungle have a lot of green so first i kind of look at the color and then when you start looking at well what effect will be on what i knew i wanted flames so i wanted to push jungle toward the end um and then just because i was really excited about bubbles and that big old <laughs> sea turtle i wanted the the ocean to kind of end the uh, the last of our uh new or our party animal themed floats this year so there those are kind of things you end up taking into account and then also what the costume designs are uh, as well since those uh as you're watching you you see the the characters come forward that represent the float that they're leading that's behind them and so making sure that you know those uh look good going from one float to the next as well yes okay now when the parade is over and again these are elements that which i love these conversations and and learning about this and in that i love being on the lookout for new things when the parade's over and now the sun is completely down now, again, going back to our earlier conversations about you've mentioned working with lighting teams and whatnot, the lighting is now gives a completely different feel to the park. It gives a feel. I mean, it was obviously night that you're, again, you're still in the park, but you're in something different. You've managed to create an audience that, yeah, I'm still inside the park, but even though the parade's over, confetti's starting to be swept up. I feel like I'm still in a completely different place, even though I'm clearly still in Universal Studios. Well, and I actually think music helps a lot with that, too. Uh, oh, true. The the B-Gym we have uh, is new to us as of last year. It's, it's it's the one we used last year as well. But that was the first time that we changed our background music and made, uh, I think, what went from like a, a 45-minute loop to oh, four hours or so. It was a lot of music. We went through a lot of music. Um, it's, and I think that helps a whole lot. So that, you know, as you said, the parade's gone, you know, the confetti has settled, uh, you know, on the ground, but you still, you still have that music playing. Um, and main thing is, like, everybody's like at a party having a good time. So everybody look around you has got smiles on their faces and it does. It, 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 yes, you know, you're still in the streets of Hollywood here, you know, at Universal Studios in Orlando, but it does, it feels different, right? Which is kind of the point of the, the, our marquee events like that is, is to give a different feel to the park. Right. Okay. Now, I did have a question, and you did mention earlier that the street entertainment and the performances and the kickoff to the event each night is one of your favorite things about this event. But for the parade, is there, and this, I don't even know if this is a question you can answer, but is there a particular float that stands out as a favorite of yours? And I, again, being the man behind the entertainment of this event, I might be trying to ask you to pick a favorite child, but is there something one of these that just really stands out for you this year it's tough because there are so many different little elements i like i love that frog i wish when the the parade was over he could just hang out in our offices forever (laughs) he's awesome i also like the whale uh but then like the job our costume designers did i love our crawdaddy and shrimpettes i think that's just adorable and awesome all at the same time i i love those costumes uh that is tough this year uh again the theme seemed to inspire everybody the really the costume designer jumped full into the theme and came up with some really great ideas uh oh it's tough i will say there are just little groups i love i love our queen bee with her little bees running around and the flower stilts as they're kind of running around uh them as the parade goes through um well that's a tough one man i don't know no, yeah, I knew when I wrote it, it might be a tough one, but the idea popped into my head, so I was like, I'll give it a shot. Oh, and it should so, be noted, our traditional, I mean, you're talking about costumes, but our traditional costumes uh, have all been redone as well. So you're really looking oh, at wow. a very, okay. very new parade out there. 
Oh, I didn't. I didn't realize that. That's cool. That's great. I did have one last question, but before I ask that, was there anything that you wanted to bring up about the event that I missed? Because if if there was something that you were wanted to to mention, I certainly didn't want to miss that opportunity. Uh, if there's something that Blake likes as much as entertainment is food. Um, so, uh, I, I'll throw out that, uh, there's a lot of new food this year. It's cool. Cause there's also the option to do a lot of tasting, you know, so you can make the option instead of, you know, picking one thing, you, you can try a lot of several things, but I'll tell you right now, the new one that's my favorite is the crab etouffee. Oh my gosh. It's so good. Okay. Yeah. And they do like tasting lanyards. So you can go around and taste a lot of different, uh, different things as well as like there's a lot of Louisiana craft beer, uh, that you can also do this in tasting uh, sizes as you, as you go around uh, the French quarter. Nice. Yes. That is definitely part of my, my visit. I, I kind of make the rounds. I hit the street. I go in and whatever particular, uh, food I wanted to try that night, which is another beauty of being a local and a pass holder. get to kind of plan out what I want and try something different each time, but I go through the French quarter, make sure I'm, I'm have eaten and ready for the parade and enjoy the parade and make my way back. Just, I've, I've said it many times. It's just, it is one of my favorite events. It's in, it's actually really in my top two favorite events of universal studios. And I think anyone that's listening to the show knows uh, what that uh, second one that is competing with is. <laughs> uh, maybe I got a feeling. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Okay, so my last question, and, and this this follows up on our glitter conversation that we had last year. So, from uh, from a personal professional standpoint, when you first started in your career down the road of entertainment, did you think that one day you'd be working with budgets and plans that incorporated so much glitter, confetti, and beads somewhere down the line? So, maybe not beads. But if you okay. do theater, glitter is going to get involved, and that's my background is in theater. So, so you're going to have glitter, and I worked a lot. Um, I used to work a lot as a special effects tech, so I dealt with confetti a ton. Uh, so, oh, so okay. those were actually things that uh, uh, that have been in my career for quite a bit. And I'll throw out a cool thing about our confetti or our um, glitter this year. It is biodegradable for the first time. Oh, ever. so it's finally going to go away. That's Someday, not instantly, but eventually. For those for those performers, it's still going to be in their cars for like a year. But it's yeah, it's biodegradable. Well, that is all I had listed. So to wrap up, I do want to say that Mardi Gras is going on right now. We're right in the start of it, and it lasts every night. It's every night this year once again until April fourth, two thousand nineteen. For more on that and tickets and more information, including the concert lineup series that they have going on, check out universalorlando.com. Blake, thank you once again for taking time to talk to me today. It is always a lot of fun having these conversations with you. Same here, man. Thanks for thanks for joining us. That will do it for this special episode. I want to thank Blake once again for his time, the Universal Studios Public Relations team for coordinating this, and the Universal Broadcast Studio technicians for connecting us in this particular recording. Like I said, all the details on the event can be found at universalorlando.com, but there's no better way to find out about this event and how much fun it is than visiting it yourself in person. And I encourage everyone to do that as I continue to do that myself for the rest of the Mardi Gras season. For more of our shows covering Universal Studios' biggest events, visit neozaz.com or search for Neozaz on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. 
There's so many to list right now, it's just a safe bet to say that wherever you found this, search for news as, and you're going to find our shows covering all those events. Last thing to do is to thank you for listening. I am Matt here in the Orlando, Florida studio, wrapping up saying go have a blast at Universal Mardi Gras, and I'll see you in that next episode. <laughs>